Hey, y'all, welcome back to the Don't Mom Alone podcast. I'm your host, Heather McFadden, and this is the place where I get to walk alongside you and connect you with people and resources so you know that you don't mom alone. And in this episode number 452, I'm welcoming to the show Casey Van Norman. This is one of the most helpful things I've said, and I, I know this. I said it one day. I just said it one day in session, and my client was like, I am writing that down, that is gold. And then I said it again and my next client was like, that's the most helpful thing you've said. And so I just kept saying it because I'm like, thank you, Jesus. And it makes sense biblically too. It makes sense neurologically what we know about the nervous system and the brain, that anxiety in and of itself is a memory that has yet to become useful. Casey is a licensed professional counselor. She's an author and speaker. And today I invited her to come on the show and cover the neurology and the theology of panic attacks. And I know I've had Sissy Goff come on the show. She counsels girls and we talk about how to parent without anxiety and that and some of those episodes. And then I've had others come on and share their own testimonies of working through anxiety. Well, today, Casey's going to really just break it down for us. What is going on in our bodies and what have we been promised through scripture? How do we integrate the two of those truths so that we don't feel more shame for what is going on? Uh, but we actually move towards healing and freedom. And I hope that at the end of this episode, you have some real tangible things you can walk away from, not heaping on guilt for how your body is wired and how you are reacting and responding to the world around you. Uh, There are lots of great links in the show notes. Make sure you check those out, but let's get right to it. Here we go. Casey, it is about flipping time that you came on the Don't Mom Alone podcast. Thank you it's for joining me. Time. It's about time. It's about that time. It's about time. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what can, I put, what can I put there? Oh, man. Heather. Hi. Hi. I'm so happy I'm here. I'm so happy you're here too. And it's been so long since we got to hang out, but it was a good Sister time. Sister Circle mm-hmm. uh, with Crystal Hirsch, right? It was before the world shut down. Bef- when we were together? 2019. That was before COVID? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. That's crazy that it's been that long. Because you know why? You're one of those women that I just you're my you're my people, <laughs> and so when we're back together, it's like she's the same. She's me. She's you know she loves me. I love her. There's no need to put up any kind of a a guard or show. And I just love you for that. That's sweet. Yeah. Well, and we both love Jesus. Yeah. We both love we therapy. We love some therapy. And we love the combination. It's so good. And when I was yeah. thinking about guests to have on and topics to cover, I was like, there are a lot of women in the world who do not have access to the kind of information or knowledge or resources that they need to get through this life. Okay? Yeah. And two things that I have learned that may or may not be true. You can correct me. One, I think when we have children, our childhood wounds start to come up, especially when they hit the age of when the wounding may have happened for us, whether it's an abuse, an act, uh, emotional, physical, sexual abuse, yeah, or just when wounding happened, just our parents are being the best versions they can be, but things happen. Also, I've heard Around 35, I was with someone the other day. She said at 32, but for for her, but like around 35, something in our brain kind of thins to allow that trauma to kind of start seeping out. Yeah. And 
it's shocking. And if we're at the stage where we have young children, it's kind of confusing. We're like trying to raise kids and heal ourselves. And we're like, what is happening? Mm -hmm. So I know for me, and I've told you this, I know I'm talking too much now. I want you to, you're going to talk the rest of the time. You're going to talk the rest of the time. I told you that this ministry moved from God-centered mom to don't mom alone, part and parcel because of my own journey of a panic attack, recognizing my isolation from community. People were around, but I was not connected to them because of mm-hmm. my own stuff, which is mm-hmm. I talk about in the, the Don't Mom Alone book. But the panic attack was something I was unfamiliar with. I may have yeah. heard people talk about it, but it felt so out of control so surprising, mm-hmm. didn't match the environment. It wasn't like I was in a scary environment. All my kids were strapped in the car. My husband was driving. We were getting really yummy chicken from Bubba's here in Dallas. Like there was no reason. Mm-hmm. And, it, mm-hmm. and I just- That is a true panic attack. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I'd love to like break that down for people who are either unfamiliar or maybe they know someone who's had one. Maybe it's a spouse that's had one and they're like trying to empathize. Mm-hmm. Do you want to start with that? Like, how would you define it? Yeah, and like, for sure. Then we'll talk into help. Yeah, I I think I was. We I don't know if we connected on this, Heather. Like yeah. our panic attack stories. Mm-mm. I don't know if we if I told you the same situation happened to me back in probably 2016, 2017. and I was literally sitting in my yard on a beautiful sunny day. My kids are running around playing. Nothing is wrong. Right. Like there's no trigger, uh, and my body literally sitting in a lawn chair and my whole left side, my arm goes completely in lock position. My hand just, mm-hmm. you know, cramps up and will not release. Mm-hmm. And my left side just goes numb. And and truly we think that I'm having some sort of a stroke. So we go to the emergency room. It's a panic attack. <laughs> and And so I want to kind of hit on like the hit of that feeling when a doctor tells you this or a friend tells you this or someone like me, a mental health professional says to you, Hey, I, I think you're, you have a, a, something going on with severe anxiety that led to a panic attack. And you, the first thing you feel, what would you say is the first like feeling when somebody tells you that? Is it's wrong. Like, like w- yes, because my life is good. Yeah. Why would I have that kind of response? Like, or exactly. what's wrong with me? So the guilt and then the shame. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's what I, that's what I knew you would say. And that is 100% accurate. And so that's the starting place mm-hmm. for dealing with any type of mental health concern is there's something that feels broken and wrong with me. And I feel very ashamed of this and embarrassed of this. And it, it can be very subtle and very under the radar, but there's a reason. One of the most helpful statements in therapy is all behavior makes sense in context. Mm-hmm. That if you know that the rest of your life, there's not much else that's gonna all in your children. In your children, I was gonna say, like in your spouse, it's like if we knew more of their story in our parents. Yeah. Yeah. It really is the key to the gospel being true, being able to enact the gospel in every part of your life of of grace is like, man, there's a reason. Mm. There's a reason for this. So it's no different than than panic attack or anxiety. So and panic comes from, panic is a behavioral, physical response to anxiety that's locked in your body. Mm. And it's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. It sounds good. Like, it feel good. It sound, 
feels horrible. You feel like an idiot. Yeah. You feel like, why haven't I done something about this? Or what did I do wrong? Yeah. No, no, no. This comes from a deep wound of something that was done to you very long ago that never fully made its way into what we call that really healthy adult part of your brain, the, the prefrontal cortex, which is where everything in your life starts to have meaning and reason. And so there's just something that was very unreasonable that happened maybe at five or 15 or 25 that never got processed, that never got reconciled within you. Even if it wasn't reconciled with the person, it can be reconciled within you. And that never took place. And so the body's so smart and God made the body so intricately. He designed it so perfectly that when we don't do the work of letting this thing have purpose and value in our life, even the evil, Mm. even the sin, Mm. That's all anxiety is, by the way. Yeah, tell me about this that. This is so helpful. I want somebody to hear this right now. Yeah. This is one of the most helpful things I've said. And I, I know this. I said it one day. I think I just said it one day in session. And my client was like, I am writing that down. That is gold. And then I said it again. And my next client was like, that's the most helpful thing you've said. And so I just kept saying it because I'm like, thank you, Jesus. And it makes sense biblically, too. It makes sense neurologically, what we know about the nervous system and the brain, that anxiety in and of itself is a memory that has yet to become useful. Mm. Let me say it again. Yeah. Anxiety or fear. Let's just say fear. Yeah. Let's start calling anxiety what it is. It's fear. Overwhelm. Anxiety cannot be true. You know, it's yes. more familiar to people. Overwhelm. Yeah, overwhelm. Overwhelm. That's what's happening inside your it's like body. Overwhelm, actually, fear, which is anxiety. Why. It's like they're all on yes. the same spectrum. Totally. But we as a society are like, oh, I'm so overwhelmed, so overwhelmed, so overwhelmed. You wouldn't say, I'm so anxious, I'm so anxious, I'm so anxious. It's just acceptable right. to yes. say, I'm overwhelmed. Yeah. We have all these code words for anxiety. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So and fear, we mask yeah. all of that. So yeah. fear. So go back it, to and that. And it feels really vulnerable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To say fear. Mm-hmm. Feels really vulnerable to say fear. Yeah. Why would I be scared of this? Doesn't make sense. No, at at 35 or 45, maybe it doesn't make sense to be scared of, let me take take back to that picture of me sitting in my yard with my kids. Everybody's healthy. Everybody's happy. My husband's working on something in the yard. I'm sunbathing. What am I scared of? Mm-hmm. Why would I be scared of anything? You know what I'm scared of? I am scared of a healthy family. I am deeply at five to 15, have no clue what safety, health, consistency and rest to look like because my my body and my family ran on chaos. So all my body knows to store is chaos as a safe and healthy message. So when this. I'm sitting in. Yeah, this. So go ahead. So when you're sitting. Peace and rest, mm-hmm. you see. Yeah. You're, I mean, like you're just, you're sitting, you're sitting in this cohesive thing that makes it reasonable. And like, this is what we wanted. All along, this is what we wanted. And your body is freaking out. And your body has subtly been freaking out probably all along the way, mm-hmm. but you've never paid attention to it. You've never slowed down. You've been overwhelmed to overwhelm, to actually ask for help, to go to counseling, to do the work. Makes sense. We all go through that kind of decade span of like, I think 25 to 35, where we're just on the train going as you know full out as we can. But at some point it catches up with you. And, and so panic attack is a warning light to our, to us to go, Hey, you got to slow down and look at this because there's something divided in you that's causing the hormone delivery of anxiety that's stemming from fear. And it's all this message that has not quite 
been found not quite yet useful to your body. Mm. You have not told your body, no, although this was a horrific thing when it happened, it is actually helpful to me now. Mm. We are no longer scared of this message anymore, you see. So anxiety is a message that has yet to become useful. And once we do that work, we will see a decrease in our, in our anxious symptoms. February is deemed the month of love. And I don't know about y'all, but this Valentine's Day, I bought my own presents. Okay, y'all? I got some underwear. I got some bras. And today's sponsor, Honey Love, has revolutionized the bra game. I'm not a fan of the underwire. I even complained in my latest mammogram. I was like, there's like pain on my left side. She's like, you need to stop wearing underwire. And I'm like, done. Because I it just hurts. With Honey Love, it's like second skin. I am fine. Like ending the day, I'm like, oh, huh, still wearing my bra because it's so comfortable. I forget I'm wearing it. So if you want to have that same feeling after a long day, please check out their best-selling crossover bra. It's the one that I, it's my go-to. It's like I'm reaching for it most often because it's super supportive. Like I said, no underwires, and it has this really pretty mesh detailing at the top. So if I have a lower top that needs like a cami underneath, I can wear my crossover bra and feel gorgeous. Um, Also, there's no bulging in the back. You know what I'm talking about. This has back smoothing fabric with their bras, and for a more relaxed lounge bra, try their V-bra. And it doesn't stop there. Honey Love has more than bras. They have comfortable shapewear, tanks, leggings, all the things. Honey Love has you covered. Whether it's your everyday look, you're going to work out, or you're hitting a wedding. So many options. Treat yourself to the best bras on the market. Save 20% off at honeylove.com forward slash DMA. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com forward slash DMA. After you purchase, they're going to ask you where you heard about them. Please support our show. Tell them we sent you. Treat yourself to Honey Love because you deserve it. So let's take that example because the one other thing I learned recently that I thought was super helpful was that our neurological system does not scan for safety. It scans for familiar. Oh. And that was like, whoa. And the person said, I wish it scanned for safety. And I may have said this on – this is the hard part. I may have said this on – if you're a listener that's regular, like, Heather, you've already said that. Okay. But in this context, what I'm trying Good. to say is you're scanning your healthy family and it is unfamiliar. And so, so your Heather. neurological system is freaking out because you're looking for the chaos that feels familiar. It's not that it was safe. It was not that it was grid. It was not that it was healthy. But it's what you knew. It's what your neurological system knows. And so if a person's listening and they're like, huh, what is familiar to me from my past that I'm drawn to that's maybe not best for me Mm -hmm. or in my current reality, it's nothing like my current reality. And so there's this dissonance that's creating an internal. That's exactly right. And practically speaking, I mean, so you've heard like what Fires together, wires together. That's oh, what you're saying. Fires All the together, messages. wires together. 
Yeah. So neurologically speaking, we work from the bottom up. So every message that we receive, even this one between me and you right now, those neurotransmitters are going from our child brain to our adult brain and they've got to roll through. So our child speaks to them first. Then our teenager speaks to them and they've got to pass their, they've got to pass their test. They've got to go through both of those parts of our memory bank called our CRN, our core regulatory network that makes up. So this is our spine. What I'm doing is our spine and it's lighting up all that neural fluid along the way into our brain and our nervous system. And it's stopping at our childlike self and it's saying, is this okay? Teenager, this okay? (laughs) All right, now I can make sense of it. Hmm. Okay, so that is super helpful. It's interesting, sidebar squirrel is when we do inner healing prayer, we go back to the earliest memory of when this started and we work our way through like the layers and it may be several sessions of inner healing prayer, but it's like, we got to deal with the youngest version of yourself and it may be before conception. Honestly, sometimes. Yeah. Okay. Drawing the draw. Yeah. Okay. You got your senses. She's drawn like this. It's like an upside down triangle, but with flat sides. What's that? Oh, um, that's right. I'm sorry. No, we can show this on the, maybe the Instagram, but the senses is on the bottom. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh Uh-huh. Is the, the brain development, basically, and it's kind of like an upside-down triangle. And what you've got at the bottom is your sensory world, which is just sight, sound, you know, smell. So, And then we move to that five-year-old self, which is that limbic system, that very rhythmic, what's familiar. There is a safety message in there for five. And then it's got to pass through there. Then next, we've got the 15-year-old self, which is the diencephalon, which is re- where our reward center is. And this is what's going to make, make a point when we're talking about anxiety and why people don't want to get help because we have subconsciously created a reward system in that part of our brain that we have to be rewarded before something is not scary, before fear doesn't kick on. And so- What would that look like? Yeah. Big thing we look at in in counseling is like, Hey, this message is really unhealthy. Let me give, let me see if I can come up with an example. Um, so cutting or drinking a lot of wine at night, you know, just behaviors that you want, you don't want to looking at pornography, um, zoning out and scrolling social media for two hours instead of communicating with your spouse or being present with your children. Okay. All of these are ways we're rewarding ourselves. So we don't have to deal with the possibility that this thing is wrong and they're very subconscious and they're very subtle. And some of the times they're good, like good things. For example, Luke chapter 10, when Jesus talks about anxiety and he's the original neuroscientist, by the way, and he tells Martha, Martha, you are anxious about many things, things that, that you're doing like that are good. <laughs> They're not inherently bad what you're doing. You're cooking and cleaning. And I, Jesus, am going to benefit from all these things you're doing. But you're anxious. And what the, the Greek language knew that we don't know is that when Jesus is speaking to say someone was anxious, literally meant they are neurologically divided. Hmm. Jesus knew what his word was and his word meant you are in pieces. You are divided. That's what the Greek word marimna means, which is anxious, anxiety. Marimna means to be divided on the inside. And that's exactly what's happening in the drawing uh, right before we get to this adult self where we want to make all those reasonable spirit filled, the mind of Christ decisions. That's there. That's at the top. Well, there's a big fire alarm that goes on right before that, right after 15 year old speaks into that adult brain. And if that fear center amygdala goes on, 
then what happens? Every part of that top goes dark. All the adult <laughs> and we brain. we are only left. Yeah. Yeah. The adult brain goes dark. The prefrontal cortex goes down and we're just left to function right below the amygdala, the fear center in those very childlike, familiar, as you mentioned, what fired together, wires together, all those wirings that are really familiar. That's all we're left with. You know, so panic and anxiety there, you see the division. So that's what going back to what Jesus said, you're divided. Like a part of you has gone dark. <laughs> Your ability to make a reasonable decision and connect to me in the spirit and make a spiritual decision about this has now gone offline because you're scared. Mm. And you've got to go back to five and you've got to go back to 15 to d- figure out what you're scared of. Mm. Because your brain stopped developing about 25 and you mentioned 32, 35. That's real because 25 is when the cortex is completely finished. Your brain is totally complete. And then now you got about 10 years of kind of now everything can kind of come back to you. So most of the time, like our highest population demographic in mental health in therapy is there is 25 to 35, that demographic. Why? Because finally they can process their memories. They have access. It's all integrating. Right. It's like, exactly. I'm recognizing that I have this pattern Mm -hmm. of feeling, thought, Mm -hmm. behavior. Wow. So yeah, it's pretty, pretty amazing. So do we just need a therapist to do that with us? Is there any, (laughs) when we go to that divided place, like, yes, in an ideal world, we are catching things, anxious moments. We're catching those before it builds to a panic attack place. But if we're not, maybe even, Mm -hmm. I know some personalities are more aware of what's going on in themselves than other personalities. Backgrounds could be exactly the same, but personalities are more attuned than others. How do we, what do we do? There's probably not a checklist. Well, anxiety. Yes. No, it's, it is like you say, it's very personal. It's very unique. Why do some people know this is going on? Why are they more aware? Because they've probably done some work to be self-aware. You know, they probably have good people around them. They have community, maybe observing them and going, hey, you seem really high strung. <laughs> you seem like you're start, like over committing and saying yes to everything. It's okay to say no. You know, maybe they've got really grounded people in their life. But anxiety is preventive. Like to, to deal with any t- type of anxiety We have to be preventive in our life because we have to give our body a capacity to even see it and deal with it. So for example, and I'm not big on like the word self-care necessarily, but I think just um, preventive care or being, I always call it sobering up, being as real, like in therapy, you have to be as sober as you possibly can. You have to be real about your life. And if you're taking no time in your week to think about your life, you are just in this reactive state to everything. So the very first thing I'm going to recommend is that you take an entire day and or a large part of a day every single week Mm. to have some reflection time on your life. And maybe that starts with just sitting on a swing in a park somewhere and just for 10 minutes seeing if you can be still without any distraction, without any phone, without any noise, can you breathe for 10 minutes? Some people are so wound tight with anxiety and panic for so long. That's where we start. 10 minutes. It's not a day. And so we, we just sit for in silence for 10 minutes. And then you'll start to feel your body react, your body respond. Um, so that's a good start. It's just, can you go 10 minutes and breathe? 
And then from that point, it's that part of the adult brain. There's something that exists in that prefrontal cortex that doesn't exist anywhere else in our body. Part of our brain in the prefrontal cortex holds our language Mm. center. That's the reasonable adult self. So what does that mean? It means we have to talk. We have to process all the things that we are feeling, no matter how stupid they feel, no matter how embarrassing they seem. So yes, this is where therapy is helpful because the reality is like you mentioned, there's just, there's pockets of our world, many pockets of our world, even in the US that do not have resources to go see a mental health counselor Mm -hmm. to talk. So finding that person, it can be someone in your church or a close friend or your spouse, you know, but finding that person is key that can sit and listen and let you just kind of get things out mm-hmm. uh, without any judgment, without any need to fix you. Yeah. And that's a big part of maybe, you know, the practical side is if you've got someone in your life that looks at you more like a project, they are not the one to be dealing <laughs> with your mental health stuff on. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, we have a we have a small group and we have like guidelines community guidelines for processing. And it includes, you know, zippity the lippity the entire time the person's talking and then nothing until you say, what do you need from the group? And we have the needs list from People Fuel from uh, John Townsend. Gives me goosebumps. (laughs) And then it's like, I just need containment, (laughs) which is the fave. I just need to, you know, hold this right here and I need to get it out. And I think also with Dr. Kurt Thompson, his work, like the power of community to disrupt shame messaging of, I said out loud, the thing that I'm feeling makes me unworthy, whether it's a child's behavior, whether it's a work performance, whether it's a marriage struggle, a family of origin story, it makes me feel like something's wrong with me. And I say it out loud to the group and the group receives me and loves me and see, and, and I'm known, I'm seen and it's not changing what you think about me. That disrupts the shame message and the anxiety that's probably associated with shame, right? Like they all kind Mm -hmm. of love to feed off each other. Mm -hmm. But like that's, I think personally, why I had my panic attack is I had people, Mm -hmm. but I was in such a place of being the God-centered mom Mm -hmm. that I couldn't let anyone in to see the real, real of the struggles. Would you say that you feel like, have you felt a release from that? Do you feel like, do you still feel anxiety? I have since then, like I did the inner healing prayer stuff. We did the 12 step with our small group. We have process group on the regular. I'm in a life team once a month with like really healthy people who've walked through all of John Townsend's like ultimate leadership and they've done like TLP and they're in their seventies. Like I just have people who are healthy and I can go to and I can fall apart with and be known. And yeah, to me, part of the pandemic of isolation mm-hmm. is that it reinforce it kind of allows the enemy to have a feeding fest of shame and anxiety. Oh man, did it. I'm just saying the isolation, like Isolation is a pandemic, not the pandemic itself. Like yes. I think this current season of everybody isolating is just like a a cyclical, like you are emotionally isolating yourself, which is leading to more anxiety and shame. And it's just keeping you more isolated. It's keeping you in that cycle. 
Yeah. That's so, so much wisdom right there, Heather. And I mean, this is what the enemy uses Mm -hmm. every single time. It's, it's what he's used from the beginning. And that's important to remember, like Mm -hmm. as a believer, Satan cannot get in you. He cannot get inside your brain and tell you what to believe. You are stronger than him, but he can use everything that he's watched and observed over the course of your life and craft this perfect little storm that is so familiar to you that it has become rewarding. Mm -hmm. The comfort of familiarity has become the reward. It is the high. It's better than sex. It's better than the drink. It's better than shopping spree at Target. Like, the familiar things, however dysfunctional and chaotic, we we love and we want to make our home there. Mm. And so I think it's it's like to me, what you're saying rings so true. Like isolation over our phones and social media. I mean, this is killing us. It is killing us. It oh my goodness, it's destroying our love for one another. It's destroying our love for the church. It's destroying our love for. It makes me cry just because I see. I mean, I see 30 clients a week. And so what's the predominant theme? It's this. It's anxiety and fear about my life because I am so isolated. And, I, and I'm with people all day long. I'm at work. I'm you know, in a mom group. I'm at church. But I'm alone. And I feel alone. And so what do I do? I pull up that screen and I disassociate. Yep. And disassociation has become our drug. It's become our drug of choice. It feels like doomsday. We need to we need to end like more happy. Yeah, no, let's yeah, for sure. There are many mornings where I'm just rolling out of bed, washing the old face, brushing the teeth, throwing on a little sunscreen and my Thrive Cosmetics Liquid Lash Extensions mascara because I feel like if I've got that on, I look more awake and a little more finished, maybe a little lippy, a little lippy. But this Liquid Lash Extension Mascara by Thrive Cosmetics is awesome. I've told you about it before, but maybe this is your first time listening to the show. So let me tell you again. One thing I love, it lasts all day. It doesn't clump or smudge or flake. I have an issue. I have kind of close set eyes. And in my past, mascara would often kind of leave a lot of dark under my eyes. And then I look even more tired by the end of the day. It also looks like extensions. I don't have extensions. I don't have to pay for extensions. I don't have damaging glue or any of that. Also, I think the reason that my lashes are so long is the mascara comes off easily. So it's staying on all day, but then when I want it off, it slides off with warm water and a washcloth. I don't have to use soap. It also has nourishing ingredients in it that make it longer, stronger, and healthier over time. They have this special flake-free tubing formula. It's trademarked. It makes a tube around each lash. And what's great about Thrive Cosmetics is all of their products are 100% vegan, cruelty-free, clean, skin-loving, high performance. That's what I am thankful for. I know I'm getting clean products, but also ones that work. And they give back. For every product that's purchased, Thrive Cosmetics donates products and funds to help communities thrive, whether it's homelessness, whether it's women who've suffered or been victims of um, abuse, they are helping people thrive. And so I'm thankful to be able to partner with them. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com forward slash DMA. 
That's Thrive Cosmetics, and this is how you spell it. C-A-U-S-E, cause, because they give to the cause for the communities. Cosmetics, M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash DMA, and you'll get 20% off your first order. I'm super thankful that Casey acknowledged the physicalness that sometimes anxiety can bring to our bodies, that they are integrated and that it's real. And I'm also thankful to get to partner with a great sponsor that can solve this problem for you. It's called Relief Band, and it is the number one anti-nausea wristband to quickly relieve and effectively prevent nausea. One customer named Bethany, she said, I have terrible nausea due to anxiety, and the nausea makes my anxiety worse. It's this cyclical thing. So she wears this almost every day when she starts to get anxious, and it works so well. She never thought she could get relief without medication, and that's the thing. Oftentimes, there's nausea or vomiting with motion sickness, anxiety, migraines, hangovers, chemotherapy, uh, and so much more. And what's awesome about Relief Band, it is actually a band you wear on your wrist to give you relief from nausea. And you can change the intensity. It's 100% drug-free, non-drowsy, zero side effects. We um, were sent a Relief Band, and I loaned it to our friends whose son is getting chemotherapy. And she was just saying, like, when he's on nausea medicine – it makes him so tired. And so they were relieved to have an option that could help him with his nausea without making him more drowsy. So if you want to check it out, uh, you want to cure your nausea problem fast, join the hundreds of thousands of people who are nausea-free with Relief Band. Right now, we've got an exclusive offer just for Don't Mom Alone listeners. If you go to reliefband.com and use the promo code DMA, you'll receive 20% off plus free shipping. So head to R-E-L-I-E-F-B-A-N-D.com and use our promo code DMA for 20% off plus free shipping. That's reliefband.com. Use the promo code DMA and you'll get 20% off plus free shipping. So like, this is the reality we kind of know, but I feel like, we don't often know a starting place to move from that because if yeah. disassociation is our drug and isolation is the the problem, what is the solution? And I feel like it's community, but then it's like that feels so far when you're anxious and feel yeah. shame. So I love like the go to the park and sit for 10 minutes. Like maybe it's just like get back to feeling. It is. There's an app on my phone that asks me, check in. How are you feeling? And I hate it. Every time it pops up, I'm like, I'm feeling frustrated with you, dumb app, because I don't want to think about yes. it. <laughs> yes. I know. We we Okay. So go back to the, this picture in Luke 10. Yeah. Jesus gives us the answer. Okay. I like and, that. You know, just let yourself kind of picture yourself in this room, you know, with dirt floors and kind of a hut like and Jesus is sitting there. He's just talking. He's just telling stories and teaching. And there's a bunch of people around listening, leaning on the walls, you know, having a cup of coffee, whatever. And as every woman can picture right now, you've got a bunch of dudes. They're starving. It's my house. And you're what are you what are we yeah. doing? Mm-hmm. We're like, okay, well, let me get these chicken nuggets in the oven. Let me Air fryer. You know, clean off the table. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're mm-hmm. like running around and then as you're doing it, you're just getting more frustrated, more fr- you're having to do this and no one sees you. Mm-hmm. All right. So we can kind of, as women, like the dude component, we just are like, whatever. But picture there is your sister sitting on the floor 
while you are doing all of this, listening to this guy and you're like, what the heck? This is so not fair. So you're becoming resentful and bitter, which makes you work even harder and faster. And here's what Jesus says to Martha. He does not tell her that what she is doing is bad. And I want so many women to hear that. He does not condemn her. He does not criticize her. Mm -hmm. He doesn't say, hey, we're going to need this later. (laughs) Like like we are going to need this later. He's kind of acknowledging. He doesn't even ask her to stop. Mm. What he tells her is, Mary, your sister, has chosen the best thing. And that that's not going to be taken from her because you're choosing this thing. And then he just says, Martha, only one thing is necessary. Mm-hmm. Now, I think the key to living a healthy, whole, content, free of anxiety life, and we know we can be free of anxiety because Jesus told us we can yeah. be anxious about nothing. Mm-hmm. So we know whatever he's asked us to do or, or commanded us to do, he has resourced us to do. Yeah. So somewhere in our ability with the Holy Spirit is the ability to be completely free of anxiety all the time. That's actually a possibility, first of all. Somebody just needs to hear that. And then secondly, we've got to do, okay, what is necessary? What is the only thing necessary? Nothing we're doing is wrong. Forget that. It's not bad. Yeah. But is it necessary in the moment, in the day, in the week? Do we really need to say yes to all of these things? Or can we just say no to a lot of things so that we can be so fully present? Can we go to the park and sit alone for 10 minutes without feeling guilty? Mm -hmm. Because that's what Jesus was doing. Mm -hmm. He was chilling and relaxing and totally fine. (laughs) Things not being perfect. And he was basically saying, I'm the example. I, what I have chosen and what I'm asking and what Mary has chosen that will not be taken from her is a relationship, is a present relationship with me. Everything else can be taken. That's kind of shocking awe us a little bit. That's got to become the thing that we fear more than what we fear. Anxiety is a message of what we fear. And fear is a message of something that we, you know, fear from our past. It's not become useful, but God is saying, what would you do if you didn't have that fear message? Could you just be present with me? If your house was not perfect, if everything wasn't completely clean, if your kids had a meltdown in the restaurant, if you and your husband are going through a rough patch, um, if you've got some addiction in your life and you want to be free of it, but man, you just keep going back to, so, so he's, he's not the one condemning us. We're condemning us. And we don't need to be fearful of condemnation because in him, there is none of it. And he's saying, what would you do? Would you just sit with me and choose the best thing? Because that's the only thing necessary. All these other things, they're going to (laughs) burn. They're going to die off. They are going to be so irrelevant to your life that you're doing right now. The only thing at the end of the day that's going to stand the test of time and fire is relationship. Mm -hmm. Relationship with me, of course, primary but then all the people I've put in your life to speak truth over you, to love you, to connect you to back to yourself and see yourself clearly, your friends, your church, your spouse, your children, enjoy them. Yeah. And I had that panic attack that moment because I had not learned how to enjoy mm. the only thing that was necessary. So, good. so practicing that, Heather, like me and you, we're working on it. 
and we're a work in progress. We're not there, but we well, and I can imagine enjoy. someone's sitting there thinking, "Okay, wait. You told me that isolation is the problem, and now you're telling me go be alone." And I'm like, "This is different. This is different. The choosing yeah. to not go to your coping mechanism, the choosing to sit with the Lord, is very different from isolating yeah. from people doing the thing that's feeding that disassociation." Mm-hmm. So, just hear us clearly on that. Yeah. Good point. Well, listen, isolation that we're talking about, no one's not doing anything. No one is going to, I mean, Jesus wasn't isolating when he went to pray for three hours. Mm-hmm. That's not isolation, but he's alone. Yeah. He is connect. He's, he's not alone. He is with the father. Yeah. He is connecting. He's choosing relationship. The only, mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And so he's active in the spirit. Now, what we do in isolation is we get on our phones. We, we go mm-hmm. binge on Netflix. Mm-hmm. We, we're, we're actively distracting our mind and we're staying divided. That's what I'm talking about. The isolation part. You're not, these are not real relationships. Yep. I'm talking about connecting with a real blood pumping, you know, relationship in your life, not these artificial pieces. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, being alone is so healthy. If you can be alone for a day or even a weekend, I tell women all the time, Girl, you got to go have a weekend. Like, I want you to go book a hotel and get a massage and just be totally without your phone without for one phone. whole weekend. That's the Ooh, key. Without your they phone. They can't do it. Without Ooh, your phone. They can't do it. Without TV, without your phone, without a screen. Yep. That's a, mm-hmm. that's a lot. Yeah. Yeah, and that's so telling, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So we want to know where our anxiety is coming from. We're not comfortable with ourselves. Yeah, well, and it's it, it's the getting to the root of it like when we do the prayer, it's like, okay, yeah, bringing up that memory or like going back to heal it, finding the place where this started is the work that Jesus is like, I haven't, I haven't left you without tools. And this isn't just for super Christians. Like we can get to the root of where this fear is stemming from and these messages that are resonating in your head. And when someone says it outside of you, it's like explosion in your brain. It's like we can get there if you would just invite me in. Like, but it's gonna take it's gonna take time. It's gonna take moments. It's gonna take vulnerability. And when we do, and we invite Jesus in, I'm telling you what, every single time I do Mm -hmm. it, this same Jesus, he's amazing. And he straight up heals it and he straight up delivers new messaging. And there's freedom from that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's crazy that, you know. I do challenge everyone listening to try the 10 minute mm-hmm. because your brain resets every 10 minutes. And oh. so if you, if you can make it 10 minutes without your body moving into any kind of tension or heart accelerated heart rate or sweat, that's really good. That's a good sign. That's like a sign you're working and you're becoming integrated and you're becoming whole. And those messages from your past are making their way into this adult self. But if you feel your body starting to kind of tense up and rock a little bit and uh, I need to do something, I feel bad, I'm not getting enough done. All right. There is an unnecessary fear there. Or sadness. There could be pain that comes up in that time that we just shove down and it comes out as anger. Like Absolutely. Like I feel this little bit of buzz of irritation lately and I can't tell if it's menopause Mm. or if it's something that's being undealt with, but I'm just feeling like I'm getting irritated with a lot of people in a lot of places that I didn't before. Mm. So I'm like, okay, what is that? Mm -hmm. What is that? What is, 
the actual root behind that. And I think that a lot of us – I love that you're asking that. But a lot of people I think are in this buzz of like irritation. Like it's the one-star reviews left and right. Like (laughs) what is happening? What do you think that is? I know we only got a few more minutes. But like we have an irritated society. Everybody's on edge. Yeah, we're turning on each other. Well, yeah, because we're all addicted to chaos and drama. And (laughs) it's our reward. (laughs) Why why do we keep watching the Kardashians? Mm Because we're addicted – and and here's the crazy thing. We create it. We've created the Kardashians. We've created reality television. We've created the highs and the lows to keep us disassociating, to keep us rewarding. And we tell ourselves it's okay. Mm. You know, it's fine because it gets me through and it helps me survive my day and I'm not as irritated. It's, a, it's such a lie. Mm. It's going to catch up with you. God made your body to be whole. And so he, he made all of our areas that we're not trusting him fully or our little areas of agitation. It's not that we're wrong. Like there's probably a good reason that you're feeling agitated or frustrated or quick tempered, you know, and it could totally just be your hormones. It honestly could. But like in that moment when I'm noticing, oh gosh, why am I wanting to pop off with that basketball coach? Okay. What, Mm. what do I need to do? What, what's a good, like quick advice for me on the go? Well, you already are doing the first thing, which is you're noticing, you're, you're noticing it. Notice it. I mean, name it. I think we're, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, huge, huge. The first step every time you would not believe the amount of people who just don't even notice, mm. have no awareness of themselves and no awareness of society, who they, you know, the people around them. Mm. That's a lot of deep trauma and a lot of complex stuff, but you're doing the first step, which is to notice your body. And then I'm always, always as cheesy as it sounds, breathe. <laughs> You got to breathe. You got to take, you got to do the triple 10, which is 10 seconds in. You hold it for 10, exhale for 10. You got to do it three times. Okay. And when you do that, what you'll do is you'll calm, you'll immediately regulate your nervous system, but you've got to be able to make it triple 10, 10 in, hold for 10, 10 out and do that three times. And then you can kind of come down. Your nervous system will kind of allow you to make a more reasonable choice. You're opening up that prefrontal cortex to go what you just said. Perfect. Why? Why? What, what's going on? What's the trigger? So I would imagine there's a trigger there in the coach or what the coach said that's very familiar to mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. And at some point in time, there was a good reason for you to be threatened by that message. Yeah, There was a good reason. Yeah, It's fair yeah. that you are now. Yeah. And it would just be identifying that message, not what's happening. Yes. So triple 10 allows us to kind of take our eyes off of the behavior or the external mm-hmm. and then go like, internally. Mm-hmm. What is the message I'm hearing in this? Yeah. I'm being threatened. It feels threatening because it's creating agitation, but that's external. But it feels threatening because one time a man talked down to me and criticized me and it was a man in authority and it really hurt. Or one time in high school, I was bullied and I'm in the high school gym and I'm watching this and I was bullied. So these things kind of start coming back to you and you're just, you're hearing that message. You're saying that message out loud. I am scared of this. Mm -hmm. This feels threatening. Mm -hmm. And again, that's not depreciating the value of your feeling. That's not what we're doing. We're not minimizing. Be angry about injustice. Somebody's being bullied Right. You should be angry about it, mm-hmm. you know, and that those one star reviews, they feel a little bullying. Like you're just picking a fight to pick a fight. I this yelled is- at the oil change manager this week <laughs> because she was trying to f- 
get the guy that was helping me to go faster. She's like, wrap up on bay four. And I was like, he is being so kind. He topped <laughs> off my oil. It was $4. He checked my tires. He's like, you know, setting up my computer on my car so it says whatever, that it's at 100%. And she's telling him to wrap up. Talk about poor management. He's giving great customer service. So I was like, let her know. he goes, he goes, why'd you say to wrap up? He said, oh, there's no one waiting. And I go, yeah, he's doing a great job. Five stars. Good. And I said, and then I said, when I shouldn't have said, I said, y'all need to be quiet. <laughs> but you see, I, I don't I know it. what's happening. Um, it's, okay, look, I'm just a little justice center in you yeah. that was like, hey, this isn't fair. And so there's a great, there's a message for you to process, you uh-huh. know, like, you know, why is that feel, has someone spoken to me like that? Has someone, when I was doing a really good job, tried to criticize that and they chose not to see that, you know, part of me or think the best of me. So, you know, we're all kind of fighting the same messages at the end of the day. They're just coming out in different ways, getting to the bottom of that and going, what would I do right now? Yeah. What would I do? Okay. This is a big one. And we can kind of wrap on this because this is super helpful and hopeful. I'm always saying this to myself. What would I do right now if God is good? Mm. Like, what would I physically do? What would I do in my behavior, in my tone, in my face? <laughs> what would I not do? You know, if God is good, which means he's who he says he is, he's completely sovereign. He's placed us every part of our timeline, all of our story, Acts 27, is exactly the way he means it, means it to be. We were not born in the wrong time. We were not born to the wrong parents. We are not at the oil change station at the wrong time. We are exactly where we're supposed to be. So if he's good, then what? What does that mean for this moment in time? And if we, Heather, would just start as women asking ourselves this question Mm -hmm. in every little, little thing that we think doesn't matter, it is revolutionary. Mm. It's good. Revolutionary. Casey, uh, we're going to have to make this a regular feature, I think. I think we're Please. going to make you our consultant, mental health professional. Please. That would be fantastic. Um, I really appreciate you coming on and sharing with us. And we will connect people to all your links. And if y'all are in Bryan College Station, Casey's your gal, although she's probably full because that's the way mental health professionals <laughs> are right now. Yeah. <laughs> no, it is great. But, but yeah, I would love for everybody, if you're in the area of Central Texas, we have I do have an integrative health nonprofit counseling center here, a Christian based counseling called the Madewell House. So you can Google madewellhouse.com and uh, we have great providers. So if I'm not available, we've got an amazing provider that is. Okay. I love that. I love that. All right. Love it, Heather. You're the best. Oh, you're the best. Thank you. I do hope you'll take us up on the 10 minute challenge. I know every week there's always like something to do, right? But this is for are flourishing and I can feel it in my bones, just this constant drumming of to-dos that is building and and always just something else that someone's like, hey, remember this? Hey, remember this? And so to just kind of pull away and get quiet, um, I think I'm going to try, especially with this leading to the cross, um, whether you practice Lent or not, but just this season of the church calendar that is leading up to Easter is a great time to re-engage with what's necessary. And so I'm going to pray over us. Lord, so much as moms and as women, as as humans, is pulling and drawing for our attention. And really, truly, when we get down to it, 
you are the only necessary part. We're thankful for our friendships that do also remind us of what's true. And Lord, I pray that when overwhelm, when fear, when unknowns creep in, that we would acknowledge them, that we would bring them to you so that they would not have space to grow um, in our bodies and our minds and our hearts. I pray that we could lean into bringing past wounds to you so that we can have a more whole integrated neurological system that processes these hard things with the clarity that you desire for us. We know that you don't, you never wanted those wounds to happen and that that wasn't uh, how you believe we ought to be treated or um, the love you hope to show us. And Lord, I pray that whoever is listening, that they would receive that truth, that they are loved, they are worthy, they are valued, they are seen by you and that you are offering yourself as their ultimate healer to bring the wholeness that they desire and the freedom that they desire to move forward in that and walk in that, Lord. Um, I thank you for Casey and her work that she's doing and and more and more um, professionals who are reaching out and helping um, a hurting world, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks y'all for joining us this week. Thank you always for um, encouraging me. I get the perfect encouraging notes just at the right time. I hope that you are doing that for each other. Text a friend today. Um, I saw some little blip. This is what happens when you're on Instagram up too much. Um, Some little blip that says all we need if we're in a hard space is eight minutes for someone to hold space with us. And that if you just have a group of friends and that's your code word is do you have eight minutes? I think that's such a fantastic way to stay in community and connected and to ask for what you need. As always, I hope this encourages you on your journey. Thanks for joining me. Leos, bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Don't Mom Alone podcast. If you're wanting to connect with more people and more resources to help remind you that you're not alone, head over to don'tmomalone.com. That's where you'll also find show notes with any links mentioned by our guests. Most importantly, I want you to know the good news, the great news that you're not alone because God has promised to always be with you. With faith in Jesus Christ, the one who died for you and rose again, Jesus said when he left, he was going to leave a helper, a comforter to be with us. God in us. Moms, that's superpower. So while you're washing dishes at your kitchen sink, while you're driving to and from work, while you're feeding that baby late into the night, while you're cleaning sticky floors, God promises to be just as present with you as when you're worshiping in a church pew. As it says in Zephaniah 3.17, the Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He takes great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love and he will rejoice over you with singing. Now that's good news. Have a great day.